intro okay. music. Yeah, intro music. Roll the intro. We're recording. Roll the intro. We're doing it, we Hannah. We're recording. We are here. <laughs> Episode five. I was about to say six. I'm so glad you said five. <laughs> I think it's five. It's one and of the episodes. I feel yeah. like we're in a good flow now, though, and I'm excited about it. Personally. I feel like it's. I feel like it's good. Yes. Yeah. I'm very excited as well. Me too. Well, thanks for coming, everybody. You're listening to Thanks We Hate It. I'm Mickey Atkins. And I'm Hannah Lehman. And this is episode five. I can't believe we've made here. it this far, quite honestly. <laughs> I know. <laughs> hey, it's going really good, though. Yes. I feel like we're getting good feedback. Yes. Um, I would like to apologize for my audio the first three episodes. I hope okay. y'all are sticking with me. I know. I just, I understand. I think... I like thought about this the other day and I was like, I think the problem I have is that when I first started YouTube, mm-hmm. I had absolutely positively zero knowledge about Same. cameras, equipment, mm-hmm. lighting, audio. It's like you're a total noob. You're trying to learn how to edit. You've never yes. been on camera. Be- so when I researched audio and how to get audio on other YouTube videos, mm-hmm. my the basic message that I interpreted was loud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was just like, make sure it's loud. Make sure you're really close to the mic. And that's not always the case. No, especially too, I think even in the short time that we have both been YouTubers, it's not like it's been like 10 years or something, you know, it's only been a right. couple of years, but production equipment, the quality of it has gone way up. Yes. And like also too, just because now we're both monetized, the production equipment that we have access to financially is so much better. So you don't have to yell. You don't have to like get all up in your mic's business to get like good sound waves out of it. You know, it's, it's a learning curve. Exactly. Because with that better material we have mm-hmm. to work with comes a bigger learning curve. We're yes. not making YouTube videos on our webcams, on our laptops, no. like back in Jenna Marbles days. No. You know? I wish. It sounds so simple. I, I bet that was so nice from like an editing point of view. <laughs> it was already on your computer. Yes. Yeah. And you don't have to fuss with like uh, a separate camera, a separate light, all of the cords, a separate microphone. Uh, an audio interface and then the separate software that you have to power all of those things and like all of the associated stuff like there's a lot of pieces you know it's It's a lot much it's fine Mm -hmm. you feel very cool when you're behind a kit like with it all set up though you do feel like oh well let me just start my radio show (laughs) like my famous radio station too real you know that's funny how are you you know i'm doing okay i have had a stressful week for some personal reasons you know all about it because i text you incessantly um (laughs) but you know it's i think it's rounding out to be nice aaron and i both have a four-day weekend this week so i'm hoping that we can get some nice quality time in to just like sit on this butt and do nothing Yeah. Um, and hopefully that will help. Are you guys watching? Do you guys watch shows or are you more game together? So kind of both. Um, right now, I'm just like fully obsessed with Tears of the Kingdom. So if we do play games, it's mostly just Aaron watching me die in Tears of the Kingdom. But we have been watching Sex Education. I'm actually going to put a video up on my channel about it because I am oh, like cool. so fixated on this show. But it's so good, Hannah. If you haven't watched it, you should because I love what it. What platform is it on? Netflix. It's is it a docu series or fictional? Mm. It's like a a fictional like a drama sort of series. It's about British kids in high school 
And there's this one kid, his mom is a sex therapist. And so he knows a lot about Mm -hmm. sex and intimacy and relationships. And he ends up accidentally giving really good advice about sex to classmate. And then it turns into this whole thing where they're running this like underground sex clinic and like students are paying him for sex advice, which is like, horribly inappropriate never do that, that to be clear but the show is really really funny but I the really show's fantastic it. well along those lines i'm watching the opposite of a show like that mm-hmm. because i started watching euphoria oh <gasps> but it's so good have you though seen that? yes have you seen it oh I've okay seen i've it. never seen it i've only heard <laughs> of it well there's only two seasons out right yeah I didn't think I would, I wasn't sure I would enjoy a show about high schoolers Mm -hmm. because I was like, this is going to be, I'm going to be so far removed from this. Yes. Yeah. But honestly, other than the fact I, it's fascinating to watch the group Mm -hmm. of kids in high school that I was not a part of. Yes. And to be fair, it is like probably very unrealistic. I doubt that even Gen Z kids are doing the kind of shit that they're doing in Euphoria. But still, oh my gosh. I know that was very much only, not my experience in high school either. I'm only like two and a half episodes in, though. So no spoilers, anybody, because I really wanted to watch more. But I knew I would sit there and watch every episode. Yes. And I have too much freaking work to get done. Mm-hmm. So I just cannot right now. But like, that. I do have this hack for the reason I'm two and a half episodes in is my hack for, you know, when you're binge watching, it's so easy to go on to the next episode. Yes. My hack to stop if I really need to stop mm-hmm. is instead of at the end of the next episode i stop it in the middle of the episode i'm on because that's um then you're not gonna get left on a cliffhanger Mm -hmm. you're like in the middle of something boring happening in the show and that way it makes it for me at least it makes it a lot easier to stop it like i'll stop it go to the bathroom or get a snack or something by the time i'm like done with my snack i'm like you know what i could probably put this away for the night you know i cannot yeah, I don't start. Yeah, I huh. can't. I feel like Did I you kind watch? of. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. That's okay. I was. This was a new thought. So go ahead. Oh, you I was first. just going to say, I kind of do that already with my ADHD, where if I am at a boring part in a show and I get up to go get a snack or do something, sometimes I'll just forget that it's paused mm-hmm. in the living room and I'll come back hours later and be like, oh my God, I didn't finish this episode. So I wonder if I could use that to my advantage. Just like yeah. hurry up, get off the couch, get away from the TV and then you'll forget that it exists. In and then like you'll forget. Minutes. And then you could go back to it when you have the time or anything. I was just going to ask if you've watched Beef on Netflix yet. Mm-mm. What's that? Oh, you haven't heard of it? No. Beef? It stars Stephen Yun and... Ali Wong. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know who Stephen Yun is? No, but I've seen the. Um, yeah, you do. Did you watch it. The Walking Dead? I thought you said you used to watch The Walking Dead. Mm-mm. Oh, never I've mind. I've seen like then maybe you don't know who he is. Fifteen minutes of one episode of The Walking okay, Dead. Okay, never on mind. That you don't know who Stephen Yun is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know who Ali Wong is, Wong is though. Yeah. Okay. Stephen Yun was a big character in The Walking Dead for okay. seven seasons. He was like very beloved. And this show is about, it's it's a mini series too. There's okay. only 10 episodes, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's about these, th- these two, they're strangers and they get in a road rage incident with uh-huh. each other uh-huh. and they suddenly have quote unquote beef with each other. And uh-huh. it's weird because they keep encountering each other and then they, this web uh-huh. of crazy, like them that that in that incident is like the catalyst for the rest of the show and they like get yeah it's really interesting but it was really well made and it's cool because it's like an all asian cast and it's a lot about 
there. It feels like it's a lot about the the cultural stereotypes on the pressures of oh. Asian people to keep those stereotypes. I think again, I'm as a white bitch, I don't want to <laughs> say that definitively, but that was my Fair. understanding from what I read about it was yeah. that it was like uh, that it was like a commentary about like um, because huh. the whole thing does is really an interesting show and it's like yeah. gritty. It got way darker than I thought it was going to get. Honestly, oh. it got pretty. Yeah, uh, there's a couple violent scenes oh, if you're not okay. into that, but um, just FYI. But it was really interesting that they that the all Asian cast because they went into them like talking to their parents about. Mm stuff about their childhoods and that mm. goes into their childhoods and stuff. It was just really interesting because huh. it's like, we barely ever see that in media now, yes. you know, where it's like not where it's like, there's a very few, yes, uh, very few typical cast people. And it mm-hmm. was all, it's like an all. Yeah. It was really cool. That's so, neat. I love that. Highly recommend. It was fun. Hmm. Anyway, how are you other than that? You know, I think I'm, I'm hanging in there. I'm certainly not as busy as you are. So that helps. I'm f- it's fine. I'm fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. I feel so bad. We almost bad. called this. We almost called this podcast, you guys. If you want some behind the scenes, we almost called this podcast. Everything is fine. Mm-hmm. That was our first name that we wanted it to be, yes. like the meme. And then we found out that several other people already had that name. Yes. So we did not do it. But fun fact. Yeah. I'm also very excited. I'm just sorry. I keep. I can't. I have so much in my head. I'm okay. so excited about this. this. Is short though. Okay. D'Angelo Wallace is uh-huh. back on YouTube. Oh. And oh, are you not subscribed to him? No. Have you not noticed? Oh my God, he's like back. He has returned. Okay. He was gone for a long time, and everybody was really sad. And mm-hmm. we are all just so excited. He is making videos again. His mental health seems to be fantastic. Well, okay, I shouldn't say that, but what he's told us is that it's that he's, he's recovered quite better. a bit from yes, Fair. and he just made a big Andrew Tate expose oh, a few god. weeks back. Yeah, oh my god, he's so good though. Yeah, he's I he's one of my favorite creators. He's just so fantastic. I just yeah. I don't know that I've watched that, that much of his content, but he does seem to be like very beloved in the commentary space. Like people really really prefer his content over like a lot of the other commentary channels yeah he's kind of like the the gold standard mm-hmm. of commentary in, in a way i think he he's one of those to me where it's just like not every youtuber is meant to be a giant youtuber and you could still do very well on the platform like me and you yes. we're both full-time creators mm-hmm. we still do very well and we're not we're quote-unquote small creators yeah we're still like micro influencers right D'Angelo Wallace is one of those people that I think the second he got on YouTube, he was always meant to be a big creator. And mm-hmm. I think he just, he just has it, you know, yeah, he has I that thing. That. And I think he's going to be a 10 million subscriber channel at some point My because God. he's already built two channels up to over a million subscribers. Like, yeah, that's fair. But that's wild. So I'm just happy that he's back. And I bet some people in our audience are too. Mm-hmm. That's it. Okay. Yeah. My- you're really fine. I enjoy our banter personally. Oh, good. I think other people, I think people are enjoying our banter as yeah, well. I'm I saw putting some positive times, feedback about it. Yeah. I'm putting timestamps now in the descriptions for anybody who wants to skip the banter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, then you want to know one last thing on my mind this week? Yes. <laughs> okay. The other thing. <laughs> Listen, you guys. Okay. Mickey is about three and a half years younger than me. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
about three years, give or take. Yeah. She's a little bit younger. She's in her later 20s. I am. I have entered the early 30s. Mm-hmm. I think I give up on trying to keep up with the lingo. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Gen Z. I love you, Gen X. Uh-huh. You guys are adorable. I love watching you on TikTok. I feel like your generation is really going to bring yeah. back the humanity that we need. Honest to God, I think they're going to be the best generation yet. Give them some time, but I think they're on a good track. Mm-hmm. But I think I give up. I, I give up. I can't. You, you're you three years younger than me, and you consistently yeah. throw words and phrases at me and I'm like what does that mean I feel like the only reason I am at all familiar with it is because I'm on the internet so much I'm surprised that you don't feel that way I try so I'm like okay like by the time I understand what cat means like Mm -hmm. I have known that one for a long time but by the time I like see it on TikTok it's already like the old word and it's just like there's like I, I try to I urban dictionary everything but like just today That's I was so watching I was just watching a video right before you I was watching a Curtis Connor video and he was talking about um, somebody on TikTok and they were saying now okay side note we might have to cut this out in case this is a, some sort of derogatory term I don't okay. think it is but I've Fair never enough. heard of it before so Fair. I'm gonna say it but like um but somebody like saying the phrase like I finna do this Yes. F-I-N-N-A. Yes. What the fuck does that mean? It's A-A-V-E. Basically, I mean, to be fair, it's not really like a word for us A-A-V-E. anyways. A-A-V-E? What the hell is A-A-V-E? So A-A-V-E stands for African American Vernacular what... English. Um, and basically, so this is the thing. Almost all of the slang that we as like the collective use is verbiage yeah. that's been appropriated from mostly black people, but like people of color generally. From... Sure, um, sure. And so like... Finna is just an abbreviation of fitting to or like fitting to, um, meaning like I'm going to. Um, and so it just gets shortened, shortened and shortened. Um, and then like white teenagers get hold of it and then like, you know, use it as part of their and then use it on everyday TikTok. slang. Yeah. But it, it's actually a very interesting, like linguistic yeah. pipeline about how like like queer culture and black culture um, and like, you know, culture of people of color generally ends up informing mainstream trends but like especially like conservative white people really don't want to acknowledge that like that's true or like that's real but that is like where most of it comes from i knew i didn't know what that particular are you okay yeah sorry i looked over my obs and it stopped recording for some reason i just pressed start recording again but that was super weird yeah okay so it's fine sorry please continue okay that's okay i was just gonna say so i didn't know what that specific term meant Mm -hmm. but i the only i did know that um that we definitely take a lot of the slang and stuff from African-American cultures. And yeah. then when they use it, then we're racist about yes. it. You know, like then we're English. like, yeah, that's not real English. You shouldn't be talk properly and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But even though we're the ones appropriating it from them so yes. we could say it. But then yes. when they say it from that. Yeah. So I knew that part. But the the reason I was afraid that it was some sort of offensive term is because of so because he said in the video that it's. A, what was the acronym? A-A-V. And so I was like, oh, no. Is that some sort of weird racist term people are throwing oh, no. around? So, yeah. okay. A good, sorry, did you have something else to say? No. About that? I was just going to say this is actually a good precursor for what we're going to talk about because mm-hmm. there's a lot of terms in that world, too, that I don't know about. 
So what are we talking about today, Mickey? Oh, we're talking about dating, Hannah, because we both have our own stories and histories with dating. About dating. Now, Mm -hmm. I'm going to let Mickey say it because it's her to serve because it's yours to say. Thank you. But um, we just we just had a cool video come out on Mickey's channel <laughs> with her and her husband. Yeah, yeah. Aaron and I made an episode of Vaguely Therapeutic, which is our like you know it used to be a podcast. It's not a podcast anymore. It's like uh you know it's just fun fuck off. It's Vaguely Therapeutic content. That's the whole point. But we did an episode where we did a little craft and shared with everybody that we are polyamorous because quite honestly we just got tired of hiding it and wanted to talk about it for us it felt very similar as like coming out in a queer sense that like it's not that i want it to be a big thing or that it has to mean anything necessarily it's just that it feels not very fun to not be able to talk about this part of you that like it does affect your life you know it is part of your personality or your identity in some way and so yeah we like officially announced that and so we thought it would be fun to talk today in light of uh, Mickey's video mm-hmm. with Aaron. We thought it would be fun to talk about it without Aaron here, yes. I guess, but um, talk about it amongst us and I yeah. could ask her questions and we could just like talk, div- dive into it a little bit more in a more casual, yeah. not so like coming out kind of framework mm-hmm. and then you know talk about my own dating woes because I think we have some cool perspectives as yes. I'm a 30s I'm an early 30s mm-hmm. gal who is straight I'm cis and also I I mean I'm monogamous so far in life but I don't yeah. I've never done anything else and I've been single for quite some time mm-hmm. trying to get back in the dating scene Which and is scary. I want a husband and I want kids and you, on the other hand, have a husband and you have just a very different perspective from yes. mine, yet we're both still dating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Which I think is cool. Yeah. I'm excited about it. Um, so what was the reaction to your video with Aaron? Like, what was um, the overall Like, generally, sense? I would say like with it? 99% of people were really supportive. I was surprised, actually, because there was a lot of people in the comments of that video speaking about their own experiences with polyamory Mm -hmm. or like ethical non-monogamy or or what have you which like obviously after you know transitioning i guess into polyamory or like making that shift we realize that it's probably more common than most people think and you're just like not aware of it unless you're Mm -hmm. like actively engaging in that community but i was still surprised to see how many other people in my community were polyamorous and yeah i think even the people who are monogamous or just like not into that we're still super supportive there was only like a handful if even that of comments that were like critical or judgmental which personally i was very surprised by (laughs) sometimes it feels like yeah because i'm the therapy lady you can't do anything that isn't explicitly aggressively like pro therapy like you know um very like by the book or people right. people get upset. Yeah. And that just, I can't imagine how frustrating that would be, like having this role that then you always have to play. And it's like, hmm, did you guys know that Mickey has a life outside of YouTube? Yes. I am, in fact, a human being who is flawed and sometimes messy and also, yes. you know, um, to the surprise of many, uh, not, in fact, a robot. Not a robot and yeah. has, yes, robust relationships and... Mm-hmm. You just, you know, I think that's a cool thing 
to share. And when I was looking at the comments on your video as well, I was also, I loved how people that had been in polyamorous relationships mm -hmm. for some people for like 16 years or whatever, so um, were like so grateful to mm -hmm. you for sharing it because yeah. they felt like it was making it more normalized because I think there's, you know, of course a stigma in our society around it. Yes. And I, and I think they were so happy that people don't often talk about it. Yeah in that in that way or on that platform and i thought people really most people were very appreciative yeah it was cool to see people like sharing that experience and like benefiting from just like us talking about it and like being representative of that community but i also was really encouraged to see some of the feedback from folks that like oh you know like normally when people talk about polyamory they compare it to monogamy in this like very judgmental or condescending way or people talk about polyamory right. or non-monogamy as this like explicitly sexual experience mm -hmm. or like construct and so there was a lot of positive feedback about like thank you for not doing that <laughs> thank you yeah. for not like being that way about it which i thought was nice so. Yeah, the best way it's been described to me, and it wasn't described to me, it was, this is from Shameless, from the show. That's fair. But um, remember, you know, I can't remember if you, you've watched Shameless, right? But it, you've, it's been yeah, a long time. Yeah, I think time. you know what you're talking uh, about. You know, Svetlana, the, who mm -hmm. is like, she's in quite a few seasons. She's kind of a side character, but God, she's spicy. She's the best. And she said that one time because she was very like they don't explicitly call it polyamory in the show. Yeah. But they she did have this like three way relationship with another couple on the show for a long time. And they were raising their they both had young children. So they yeah. were like helping those share those duties and stuff. And she somebody was saying like to her, like, why? How come you're OK with being with more than one person? Mm -hmm. And she was like, you love more than one child. How yes. come you can't love more than one adult? That makes no sense, yes. right? So like, why is our, why is loving more than one person only exclusive to children or friends or your parents yes. or other family, exactly. you know? So I thought that was a really beautiful way of, from, from shameless of all places. I but know. That, like that was like a really, I thought, I don't know. Does that resonate with you? Does yeah. that feel right? Yeah. I think the overall value that Aaron and I have found most helpful in, you know, like dipping our toe into that world has been to embrace the idea that love is infinite, right? Like it's not a finite resource. Yeah. It's not like a currency that you give away and it's not confined to this box that like the world has told us that it's supposed to be, you know, like Aaron and I mm -hmm. don't love or value or respect each other any less because we also experience love and affection and like respect and care for other people, you know, and we normalize that. Like you were saying in family and in friendships, like it's so incredibly normal for people to have more than one best friend and talk about how yeah. like that's totally fine, you know, but for whatever reason, when we talk about like romantic love, there's this idea that like you have to commit to one person. And if you don't, clearly it's a sign that you have commitment problems or that you're not capable or like you don't really love them. You have like issues or trauma and like that's not true. <laughs> that's just like straight up not how it works. You know? Or you're just like a necro, not necrophilia. <laughs> Oh my god. Not, not no. that. Nympho. Nympho is what I meant. A nymphomaniac. Like there's yes. I feel like oh. that's a lot of the stereotype too, which is so 
Yes. Like, I mean, obviously it's wrong, but I thought it was really interesting listening to the ways that like, it's not just casual dating outside of your relationship. Sometimes you form actual real relationships with other people. Yeah. Do you want to speak more on that? Are you comfortable speaking more on that? Yeah. Um, I think for me, especially too, because I am bi, this was something that I had already like contended with because there is like that same stereotype about how like, oh, if you're bisexual, it's because you're just greedy or you can't make up your mind or like you'll fuck anything that moves clearly and like no that's like literally not at all (laughs) that works and so I think like it was less shocking to me at least you know like making this shift because I was already sort of embracing the idea that like you can love multiple types of people and like have relationships with multiple types of people but a lot of what drew Aaron and I to polyamory is the like unlearning the relationship escalator thing like we talked about in the video and and you and I have talked about that also but the other thing was just generally wanting to find community with people who felt like us like it's it's very isolating to only have friends or community or relationships with people who are like really strictly committed to monogamy and the relationship escalator and like not just because of that but also because I talked about this in the video that we put up too, but it does feel like a house of cards in a way <laughs> that like mm-hmm. once we unlearned this idea that monogamy was like the correct way to have a relationship, there was lots of other beliefs about ourselves and the world that we ended up unlearning on accident almost. Hmm. That's how we ended up being child free by choice is because we were really looking closely at like what are the life milestones that we're chasing and why are we chasing them? And in talking with each other, we were like, we don't actually fucking want kids. Like we just want the societal approval of having kids. We want to fulfill this role for our parents of the, you know, like they want to be grandparents and we want to make them happy. Mm-hmm. We want to feel like real adults. Like there was this idea that I had, especially right. that like we weren't a real married couple. We weren't like done until we had had babies. And I was like, okay, but that's not real. And also like right. we are a real married couple and like a real couple, but the people that's who also would invalidate not a good us, enough reason to have kids. Yeah. Well, and the people who like, would invalidate us, you know? invalidate us as like not real grownups for not having kids yeah. are the same people who would invalidate us for being polyamorous. So right. I was like, if we're not chasing their approval for that anymore, then why am I chasing their approval about this other thing that also is like, you know, it's, it's traumatizing if you get it wrong, right? Like I don't want to bring kids into the world to soothe my own validation needs and then traumatize the fuck out of them. Like that's shitty, you know? So I super don't want to do that. But yeah, I think just like the, the feeling of like wanting to find community with people who like get it and that you don't have to like defend your belief systems to is very, very, enticing to me and what do you you guys call each other um your primary partner what's or your nesting partner what did you call it yeah so Aaron and I refer to each other as nesting partners there's like a whole kerfuffle in the polyamorous and ethical non-monogamous community there is yes about the practice of hierarchical polyamory it's like very frowned upon hmm which is fine because I think in in the goal of like relationship anarchy and unlearning the escalator stuff, it makes sense to unlearn this idea that one of your partners is more important than the other ones. It's kind of like ranking love, which is weird. But there's sure. there's also a difference, at least in the learning that I've done. I don't want to speak definitively about a very vast and diverse community, but right. there's a difference between 
descriptive hierarchy and prescriptive hierarchy. Basically meaning that like for better or for worse, Aaron and I, first of all, we've known each other since we were kids. We're married and so we're legally and financially entangled. We own several businesses together. We live together. We own property together. We share pets. And so we like co-parent those pets. And so for better or for worse, our lives are very entangled. And so it's just disingenuous to say, all of my relationships are equal, except that I don't live with that partner and I don't share pets with that other partner and I don't have the same history with this partner. So no, you're not entitled to my time in like an equal way as Aaron is because first of all, I know that I can trust him implicitly, but second of all, because there's lots of practical and logistical barriers that like we just have to address. And so Aaron and I do try really hard to be very clear with anybody that we start dating or like start talking to that like we don't practice hierarchical hierarchical polyamory in the sense that I'm not like I'm not going to make decisions about our relationship based on the feedback that Aaron gives me and I'm not going to disclose anything about my partners to Aaron that they would ever not know about or not feel comfortable with like unless they've given me explicit permission to share something I'm not Mm -hmm. going to but I also am not going to sit here and be like yeah like we can plan dates whenever we want and maybe I'll move in like I am just I'm very honest and upfront that like for lack of better term like there is a ceiling that you will hit because I can't marry you right because I can't become financially and legally entangled legally you you can't yeah and so if that's something that you're looking for that's perfectly morally neutral yeah it's just not something that I can provide and so like I want people to know that going in you know, my thoughts as an outsider of this community, <laughs> listening to the fact that there's like drama or tea about high about how it's like basically how it's like wrong to have call somebody a primary partner because yeah. that's how you're right. That only seems bizarre to me because I the whole point of the community is like doing stuff, doing making your relationship work in a way that you want it, that you guys feel comfortable and yes. like it. Yeah. So I don't understand why. Why is it? other polyamorous couples business what one polyamorous couple calls each other like you know what I mean like how does that does it hurt the whole community so it's like a long and complex answer but the pared down version is that it's super common in polyamorous communities and circles for folks to come to polyamory as a previously monogamous couple which is what Aaron and I did yeah and the problem with this is that for example do you know what unicorn hunting is? No. Yes. You told me once. Okay. But explain it for the people anyway. Yes. I probably um, forgot. So <laughs> Unicorn hunting is like, first of all, kind of a derogatory term. Don't use that, please. Um, oh, okay. But basically, it refers to the phenomenon of a established couple seeking a third partner, either explicitly for sexual purposes or for the purpose of like joining their relationship. We are a couple. We are looking for a third person, typically a woman, to have sex with us in this very no strings attached way and in this way that prioritizes us as the couple and you are like the outsider. So it's it's You're the fetish. You're the fetish Mm -hmm. that we're bringing in to our, because we are are getting off to having a third person. We're like spicing up our marriage. Yeah. Right. But you are being objectified inherently. Yes. And also there's like a power problem there because when people do this in polyamory by saying 
we want a third person to join our relationship as part of our triad. Um, or sometimes people call it a thruple. I fucking hate the word thruple. That's a me thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but usually what they're doing is saying, we want you to date us. And the expectation there yeah. is that you will like us equally. You will provide us equal attention. You will provide us with equal sexual gratification, physical and emotional gratification. And you won't ever be unequal about it. You won't date us not as a couple, which is not how fucking relationships should work. Like you're treating right. this person like a thing, like an object. <laughs> Unless so that third person really, I mean, isn't that, that could also technically be somebody's thing. Yeah, right? for Being sure. objectified and stuff. Like, I just want to make sure we're not, like, we're not, I just no, want to be no, no, clear no, no. that yeah. we're not saying, like, if you want to be that third person, like, that's on you. But it is inherently objectifying if you're not all consenting to yes. it. Yes. Yeah. And when you do it that way, it doesn't feel good usually. Like, because I have yeah. been a, like, third, like, the the sort of, like, not, like, single, but, like, single person for couples before and mm-hmm. I've never had a good experience with it hmm. because people do have this attitude that like so for example if you and I were a couple and we're seeking a third in this like problematic way basically what would happen is that you and I would say here's what we're looking for you're my primary partner and so we're looking for I don't know, a live-in partner who's like a, a single bisexual woman. We want her to be available for like X amount of time or, you know, involved in this particular way. And then we communicate, these are the expectations for you. We're not asking you what you want or need. Mm. We're not valuing that you are an autonomous person who like probably desires <laughs> and needs certain things in a relationship that you're absolutely entitled to ask for look for whatever and so we're making definitive and and prescriptive decisions about a three-person relationship for the third person which is just this shitty. sounds like something that i've seen in a lot of tv shows and the way tv shows often yes. portray polyamory yes. that's the problem and so that's why a yeah. lot of people really don't like the term primary partner because it can be kind okay. of like a red flag. It's not so much that like the language is problematic, but it's more like like a blinking red light gotcha. of like you're one of those. And so those staying far the fuck gotcha. away from you. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So Mickey, I was looking through your comments on yeah. that video and yes. I did like take note of a couple things like just general questions people had so like a common question from a subscriber and probably people in general if one person has the question a lot of people probably do is yeah like how do you have time for polyamory <laughs> when you already have yes you, you're both like youtube aaron has a full-time separate job mm-hmm. you're married you have animals and you're a therapist yes and with that, is it like awkward if one of you is dating somebody mm. and the other person mm-hmm. is not? Yeah, I feel like I feel like I saw this question actually too. That's because it's from your comments. Yeah, you probably did. <laughs> so, first of all, the answer to the time question is that we, at, at least for me, I won't speak for Aaron, but for me, I have sure. found my ideal or like most successful relationships and like partnerships in the past to be other folks who are also married or like folks who have these like very full and rich lives on their own it's not that i have anything against um single people or like solo poly people but i found that there's like this kind of shared understanding when i'm dating somebody else who's also married and has you know like sometimes people with kids to also Mm -hmm. get this but it's this like sort of 
mutual understanding like I'm busy you're busy we do very much care about each other and so we'll communicate we'll text we'll like snapchat whatever but the expectation that we're going to be going on physical dates or like seeing each other in person like once a week twice a week for the foreseeable future might not be realistic and so we'll just be very intentional about like scheduling stuff further out or like just like being okay with that um and like to me that feels nice especially because I it's like like I said it's the shared thing of like we both want mm-hmm. that you know like we both feel slightly overwhelmed I don't honestly by the think, idea of like constant I don't think, contact yeah I don't even think that's unique to polyamory probably like I being a very busy person I don't want to date somebody who works five hours a day and then has nothing else going no, in exactly. their life <laughs> yeah. so like I feel like that's just a matching in energy kind yes. of thing you yeah. know mm-hmm yeah the like is it awkward if one of you is dating thing like yes and no I think it can be sometimes especially if one of us is not dating but not because like we're not trying or like if one of us is just going through it with like um relationships like fizzling like that's my least favorite fucking thing is when like things are going well Mm. but it's just like like fine you're not ghosted but you're not yeah it's like this weird mutual ghosting thing that happens sometimes right it's like so sad um and so if that has happened like multiple times in a row to either of us but the other person is like going on all these first dates and having all this fun (laughs) like there is kind of um our our therapist actually helped us make this distinction between jealousy and envy that like sometimes there is a feeling of envy of like oh yeah like i want to have fun too like i I like going on first dates and doing you know fun exciting stuff but also it's it's not like a I want what you have necess- or like I'm I'm like mad at you for giving it to someone else. Right. Um, right. And typically, it's not like jealousy. Yeah. Yeah. Typically when we communicate about it too, um, it's like a pretty fairly understood thing. Like we can be yeah. supportive of each other and be like, I know, like, I'm sorry this has been happening for you, you know, and like, it's fine. It, it usually is like not that big of a deal, at least in our experience. And it's more so, like I said, the thing of like, I want to do fun stuff like, you know, tell me about your dates so that I can like live vicariously through you or something. But yeah, that's actually a great segue because that I was going to ask. Okay, now I'm getting to a couple questions where let me know if you don't want this on the podcast Mm -hmm. Um, because we've talked about it. But like, I'm not sure if it's like going into it. Um, But like with that, do you guys sorry i'm like trying to think of how to phrase this like on a recording with that like non-hierarchical thing do you guys get full on you're you're open to having full on boyfriends girlfriends or otherwise Mm -hmm. in your relationships and with that like how much do you share with each other like what do you have do you have all these rules set up or like do you come home and you like talk to each other about these people Mm -hmm. I remember what I was going to ask. This also goes with that too. The other interesting thing that I thought of is you saying that you wouldn't tell Aaron something about another person you were dating unless you had explicit, Mm -hmm. unless you had explicit permission from them. And I think for a lot of people, especially heteronorm relationships, we, that, that is a very foreign concept because I think most people assume that if you're married to somebody, you share literally like, even if, you say this is a secret don't tell anybody mm-hmm. like it's an it unspoken rule that it's it doesn't <laughs> apply to the spouse yeah. so i would really be i would love for you to kind of elaborate on anything you're comfortable yeah. with this that like on those rounds like what you do to communicate with aaron 
um, how much you guys share and like yeah and yeah all that kind of so complicated stuff I like obviously I do share stuff with Aaron that's like pertinent information like their names what their gender yeah. or like like expression is and also too like I do share like relevant details before a first date because I'm just anxious as fuck and I'm convinced that I'm gonna get kidnapped someday oh um, well that's just yeah <laughs> not again not unique to yeah <laughs> um so obviously I share that stuff with him but like especially if because we are open to having like full-blown relationships like that has happened um where we've had right. like a like uh, labeled partner personally i'm not a labels girly but aaron very much is so um <laughs> <laughs> so that has happened and like especially once we get to that territory like i try to just like have a conversation about like hey you know like obviously my partner knows that you exist my partner knows mm-hmm. like when i go on dates with you and like i i share relevant details about like we went on a date to this place or like, yes, I had a great time or, you know, like I've come home before and told Aaron like, oh my gosh, she has like the cutest laugh, you know, like stuff like that. That's just like noteworthy to me. Um, But anything that's like about them, like anything that like they wouldn't share with like a stranger or like that they wouldn't disclose in like the early talking phase of a dating app or whatever, I'll be like, Hey, you know, like what's your comfort level here? You know? Cause like, I'm usually pretty mm. upfront about like, I don't give a shit. Like if I tell you something, you can tell your partner that's none of my business. Like I don't really give right. a fuck. I'm that same. Way. Um, yeah. And I do try to like craft my boundaries in a way that like prevent anything that I wouldn't want some random person to know for someone to not know that, you know, like I, am militant about my house and my address like nobody fucking knows where I live because I just don't that that's like a thing for me but I normally I will just ask like hey like you know things are are escalating or like you know things are feeling more serious or whatever and so like is if there is something you don't want me to tell my partner or whatever or like is it okay if I talk to my partner about this and people are normally pretty receptive I just try to like yeah put it out in the open and be like I don't know because also everybody's different you know what I mean like everybody wants to just check with them basically Mm -hmm. I just think that's so interesting that like I mean not that it's a bad thing like that's just boundaries and like basic common courtesy Mm -hmm. but I just find that so interesting that most I feel like the way we see relationships it's like yeah that's a secret to everybody except this one person you know well yeah and like just and like like, i get that and it's no shade to people who do do that it's just that like yeah if i like for example if i like shared a picture of my body with somebody and then they went home and like showed that picture to somebody else i would be like yeah what the fuck man yeah like that's kind of a consent issue and so like to me emotional disclosure is the same because it is like it's like oh, emotional okay. nakedness, you know? <laughs> like, if right. you're going to trust me with that, I don't want to, like, annihilate the trust in our relationship by running home and being like, oh, my gosh, you wouldn't believe their trauma. Like, that's fucked up, you know? I just don't. Right. It feels bad to me anyways. Yeah. No, I think that makes sense. I think it doesn't – I think those kind of things don't come up in hetero mm-hmm. monogamous relationships as much anyway because it's, like, yeah. gossipy, gossip amongst your friends that know you're not supposed to post it on the internet. Yes. But, yeah, you go home and tell your partner mm-hmm. is not the same thing as, like, going on a date with somebody yeah. and then disclosing something really personal or yeah. showing them a picture or something exactly. like that. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. I get that. That makes sense. Yeah. So interesting. Um. I have a question for you, actually, and we can cut this out if you don't want to talk about it. Oh, sure. But we have had a conversation, just the two of us, where you talked about like a, not like a curiosity necessarily, but like a a slightly more openness 
to polyamory because yeah. I've talked to you about it and I'm so curious mm-hmm. to know what your thoughts are about it. Like, what are your feelings about yeah. it? All that kind of stuff. It's hard to know when I haven't been in a relationship in so long. Fair. Like, I will say, I will say that openly because I'm really like embarrassed about my lack of like dating experience and stuff but I have a feeling there's other people out there Mm -hmm. that are like me and I feel like nobody like I just when you're on the internet the general feeling is that everybody's fucking except you yes like that's the feeling (laughs) is that like everybody's getting some everybody's dating everybody's doing this and that when that's not always the case and I just want people to know that I am not I have not been on a date in since before the panini Mm -hmm. part of that was my Crohn's diagnosis but I've still just been procrastinating like crazy and so it's hard to like give you a definitive answer when I'm not dating somebody because I feel like I wouldn't know until I was like dating somebody that's valid but I will definitely admit that the way that it polyamory is in reality is different than what it was in my head Mm -hmm. and that is a lot of that is definitely a product of the television I consume and the media and stuff like that yeah so learning it from somebody who I'm so close with and who I've you know talked to so frequently yeah and you know and I've told you very personal stuff about my life and everything and just being able to like understand and I've also seen you and Aaron together and seeing like the kinds of like what it kind of looks like and everything. Sorry, I shouldn't say it. Like I, I've never seen them like be polyamorous <laughs> with other people. No, you've never watched this. I just with other mean I've seen their. That's what's being alluded to. What I said? What'd no, you say? you've never watched us like have sex with other people. If that's no, what's being alluded <laughs> no. to. No, no, no. I mean, like, not. No, I didn't even mean that. I mean, like, it made it sound like I've seen you guys on dates with other people oh, or something, oh, yeah. which I have. Yeah, which I have not. I've just seen her and Aaron together and everything. Yeah, and it's is I guess I've thought about how depending on the relate. So the thing with me though, is that if I, my soulmate for lack of a better word, my, the person I wanted to be partners with mm-hmm. was very committed to monogamy. I would be fine with that because I have never had any desire to cheat on any past partners. Yeah. I've never cheated on any past partners and I've never had any desire to. And the thing is, is that I'm just not interested in um actively dating around I've always been that way and I think we've kind of talked about this where it's like I don't define myself as any what way but if I had to I think I would say I'm I've got a little bit of demisexual Mm -hmm. in there which means um for those of you that don't know that just that's like people they're not they don't experience sexual attraction until you have a very strong emotional connection with people. And I guess I just, I don't want to define myself as that because it's not that I don't experience sexual attraction. It's Mm -hmm. that I wouldn't actually be intimate with somebody unless I was very, unless I had very strong feelings. Like that's that's just not my jam. However, that being said, so I'd kind of be like, I'd definitely be totally fine with that. If that's, if the other person was very, you know, that was something very important to them. Yeah. But if it wasn't, I also think it sounds really fun and freeing, to be honest, because like you said, Mm -hmm. with the whole like I am very committed to the relationship escalator concept. Mm -hmm. I personally, for my life and for my desires in life, that's what I want is to date somebody. I want like I want a cute proposal and I want a big fat 
fucking wedding where I am the princess <laughs> and everybody pays attention to me all day. Yes. I want a big wedding like that that I spend way too much money on. Word. And then I want two little cute kids, maybe three, you know, like that's what I want. And I've always, and yeah. I've told you this, like I've always been blessed with the strong maternal instinct. Mm-hmm. I'm often called the mom of the group when I'm with friends. And I've just yeah. always had a very strong drive to want children. And I have evaluated, like, is it a society thing that like, mm-hmm. is it the same thing where, you know, like, do I just feel like I, and I know I've always, I I am just yeah. like my, my, my reason for living has always been called to children. And I mean, I was taking care of my dolls. Like they were my babies when I was a kid, you know, so and cute. I've always wanted kids. And then like, I worked in daycare yeah. and I worked uh, with infants in a daycare. Like, let me tell you, I've taken care of four babies for like 10 hours all by myself. And it didn't sway me. I've, I've, I've picked up so much baby vomit and I still want kids. I've had so many blowouts, all that stuff. And it doesn't sway me. I want kids so bad. So sorry to derail a little bit, but like that's, but to, but the concept of just not being so, I think, I don't want to say uptight because I don't want to make it feel like people that are monogamous are uptight because I don't think they are. Like strict maybe. It's just but I think, but strict, I think it's just kind of the concept of just like, if you are, you know, if you want to flirt with somebody at the bar because it's really fun, yes. like, who am I to take that away from you? I wouldn't ever want to not be able to flirt with somebody in a fun manner and have yes. my partner not trust that I yes. would mm-hmm. break their trust. Yes. And for and what it's so- worth, that was the pipeline for Aaron and I, because we've never really been like strictly monogamous necessarily and we were like very confused by like you know like if we would flirt with somebody or like if somebody bought me a drink at a bar like I'm going to flirt with you so that you buy me more drinks and Aaron would be like (laughs) yay (laughs) and so seeing other people have that like very strict like oh my gosh how can you trust them after that thing was like like what do you mean yeah (laughs) like what and that was kind of the pipeline for us And I will say, I've never been a very jealous person Mm -hmm. when I am in relationships with people. I've never been very possessive or like very like, I'm almost to a fault where like I have kind of a kind of an avoidant attachment style in some senses because I'm so scared of pushing the person away. But like, Mm -hmm. regardless, I would never the concept of people just casually saying how me and my partner have this rule where we both have access, free access to each other's phones is very uh, no hate to people that do that if that works in your relationship that's fine but when I hear stuff like that I'm just that is very foreign that is not something I would ever do even if I was married to somebody I would trust that we'd have a relationship where if they got a text they would just I'd be like oh can I do you want me to read your text Mm -hmm. and they'd be like yeah because that's they'd be like yeah sure like it wouldn't even you wouldn't have to have that rule yes. because yeah, that's what it I was would never, say. the problem would never exist. Yeah. Cause Aaron and I are like up in each other's phones all the time, but not like, because there's this like, let me look through stuff. You're not reading each other's stuff. It's just yes. that, like, 
like, oh, you know, like your friend texted you. Do you want me to read it to you? Or like, oh, can you grab my phone? Like, yeah, just look like what time did they say I'm supposed to meet them? Or like, you know, when did Hannah say that we're doing this thing? Like, can you just yes. check it for me? You know, <laughs> like, Or like, can you normal. go read the comments on that video for yes. me? Because I'm scared to read. Them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, did so and so call me or whatever, you know? Yeah. So like having to set up that, like, I am allowed to look at your phone, whether you're there or not, no matter what, like that kind of rule to me seems just a little bit odd because because it's just like doesn't it feels like if you have to make that rule to begin with maybe there's something trust wise Mm -hmm. missing at least if I was in that position I would feel like like they didn't trust me if they felt like they had to tell me that I need access to your phone Mm -hmm. and as somebody who was in a relationship where the person once did hold my phone hostage because they didn't want me to leave that's abusive oh yeah I know it was over 10 years ago it was a long time ago but like as like that person who has been in that situation and how wrong that felt it's mm-hmm. just like so it's that kind of stuff where it's like I used yeah. to think like cheating was absolutely irreprehensible if you but what if it just wasn't cheating mm-hmm. like what if yes you did what if you set up the parameters where if you really connected with somebody if you made out with somebody at a bar one night when you were a little tipsy it just like tell me about it because I would want to know, but like, I'm not going to break up with you over it. Like, let's maybe talk about that and set the boundaries up so that we could both do that in a way that's safe for both of us, where we're both being open and safe about it. And also like where, where, like, maybe it's not sex at all. Maybe it's just making out and flirting. Maybe it's just like Mm -hmm. going on dates and spending time with other people. And it's okay if it's the sex they're attracted to. Yes. Because you can have, you know. Yeah. So I think I've kind of thought of it like that just because it sounds in general like a happier marriage Mm -hmm. (laughs) to me. It just sounds like something that would be like where it's just like not you don't have to watch all of your, you know, it's very much like. Colleen and Matt on Love is Blind 3 like that's the relationship that's just an example of a relationship I would never want Agreed. that's too much yes for me personally but no I think it's so funny that you bring that up because there was a comment on my video about how like oh so what like your guys's relationship is happier now that you guys are cheating on each other and like no, because that's not what this is. Like cheating is when you it's violate not cheating. the relationship agreement. Like when you guys have a, an right. agreed upon set of like morals and like boundaries, if somebody violates that, then that's cheating, you know? But for Aaron and I, we've set up our relationship parameters in a way where being attracted to somebody else, acting on that attraction. And like, especially like the thing that you described about like just making out with somebody at a bar or like meeting somebody at a party or whatever, like that's happened to us. And it's something that like, yeah. I don't want my partner to not be able to experience something that like, first of all, feels authentic to him because like we both have just agreed that polyamory is like more of our relationship orientation than it is like a, like an active choice. It's just a thing that we feel yeah. drawn to and like can't turn off. Yeah. And so I wouldn't yeah. want my partner to feel suppressed or like for me to feel suppressed or like pinned down in this way of like, you are not allowed to because I said so, you know? Yeah. And so like that is what works for us. And if that's what works for other people, you know, or like the opposite of that works for other people, like that's none of my business. But like right. <laughs> on, as long as everybody's honoring the parameters and the agreed upon uh, like limits on the relationship then it's not cheating you know and like that's fine right that's like allowed I just yeah because like if Aaron 
lied to you about something significant, yes. that would be an example of cheating within the parameters of your relationship. Yes. I just think it's so interesting that the people that look down on polyamory and think that it is so ridiculous is like the same as you going to somebody monogamous and yes. being like, you guys are so stupid. Ew, why are you monogamous? Ew, you guys don't have a real relationship because you express love in a different way. Ew. Like literally. Be polyamorous. Like literally what? Yeah. Go touch grass. Well, and the thing about it that's so funny to me too is when people get really wounded by us expressing that polyamory is just what works for us is that it it feels like you're assigning this judgment to yourself that I never did. It feels like you're telling on yeah. yourself a little bit, you know, <laughs> because like I've never insinuated to you either directly or um, indirectly that monogamy is like bad or wrong or lacking somehow. All I've expressed to you is that for right. me, polyamory feels like the better fit. Like, that's it. If you're so threatened right. by that, then, like, that's a you thing. That has nothing to do with me and my relationship. Correct. Yes. Yeah. I think, yeah. I just find that laughable. Mm-hmm. How, However, it's also the internet. So there's yes. always going to be somebody. There's always going to be some people oh, yeah. that are just, like, no matter what, you could literally say, wow, the sky is blue where I am. And they'd be like, uh, actually... It's not. And I'm personally offended by the fact that you would say that. (laughs) You're invalidating my reality by telling me. Literally, no, I'm not. So it's kind of just the nature of the internet, you know? And we've had people do that to us in our personal life, too. I'm sure that's true. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, it's a time, but it's. I think generally speaking, people are much more supportive than I would anticipate. I think most people rationally know that if it doesn't affect them then you know most people but there's people out there that think being gay is a sin and so those people exist and they obviously care very much about things that don't affect their lives whatsoever and you know all we can do is try to you know advocate the best we can (laughs) yeah and and vote for people who believe the opposite of that (laughs) Don't forget to go and vote. vote, everybody. That's yeah, important. guys, go vote. Yes. In mm-hmm. conclusion, go vote. No, I'm just <laughs> okay, so I do have a question, question for you because um, I am curious since we both sort of passively date, I guess. Do you and or like when do you disclose to people that you're an influencer when you're dating? Like what's the balance oh. that you found with that? Because I have a terrible time with this topic. First of all, you are so sweet to say that I am passively dating at all because I've literally swiped on some dating apps and that's all I've done. Okay. That's fair. I have not met anybody, people that I've talked to. I've just, (laughs) I've had, uh, some, uh, not boundary issues, but just like somebody I think I want to talk to. And then something really stupid comes up. Like I told you the guy that I was like, well, what are you looking for on here? Cause I was thinking about like maybe at least talking to him more or meeting up with them. And he was like, well, you know, I really want to move to so-and-so foreign country. Oh, yeah. And I was like... No. Because he went on a business trip there a couple weeks ago. And so he literally... I'm like, 
Why are you on here? Literally. Why are you on here if you want to move there? Maybe you should be looking for women in that country. Yeah. Because. And or he's probably just so looking for like, casual sex, honestly, which like valid, uh, but right. not what you're looking right. for. Right, which is fine. But yeah, yeah but then I'm going to ghost you because that's obviously not. Anyway. Yeah, it's not a fit. Um, So I haven't been faced with this issue yet. Okay. I don't say what my job is mm-hmm. on the dating apps. Mm-hmm. I do not disclose it at all. I basically say, I think the one on Hinge I have is like, you'll never guess. Like, you really, you trust me. You can try, but you won't know. So mine's on there is Hinge. And then I have had a couple people, like it's come up. They weren't being nosy. It was just like a natural part of the conversation. And I just told this person, I think it was the country, the guy I was just talking about where I was just like, oh, I don't actually say that on here for, I know it, that seems really weird, but if you knew what I did, like that would make a lot more sense. Yeah. It'll make sense if I ever meet you and I tell you, you know? So I wouldn't say anything online to people. I did say it once to one guy that I was talking to who was also a content creator Mm -hmm. and it said so on his profile. So I just kind of opened with that because then I feel like why hide it if you're on the same playing fields as it is yeah because what we're concerned okay i think we should explain what we're concerned about because (laughs) people probably don't even know why we hide it from ourselves so for those of you that aren't uh you don't like if you're not an active influencer content creator whatever there's an inherent power imbalance between you and your audience yes and in real life Yes. And so if we were to say on dating apps that were YouTubers, here's my channel, or I make a shit ton of money, or I make this amount doing this and that. People, uh, we worry about people, A, want pursuing us for the wrong reasons because they are under the impression that we make a lot of money Mm -hmm. or that we just, or they want clout or something. And we, we are afraid of being uh, manipulated or led on because of that. And then also, I think the power imbalance is we wouldn't we would also not want somebody to agree to go on a date with us because of what we do, because they're like, you know, which kind of goes along with the money and Mm -hmm. influence thing. But so is there any other reasons for you that Um, sums it up? Right. I think also, too, the thing that makes me nervous about it is people wanting to consume my content, like the idea of somebody that I like just Mm -hmm. went on a first date with. And then going home and Googling my channel and watching a bunch of my videos makes me want to fucking rip my skin off. Like, I just (laughs) fucking hate that. I don't – like, especially just in the early getting to know you stages, I want you to know who I am because of the interactions that we're having, right? Because of the things that I tell you, because of the way that I am with you when we're on dates or when we're talking, I don't want you to go home and like Google my YouTube and then watch a bunch of videos and be like, oh, well, I already knew about blah, blah, because now it it feels like a parasocial relationship now. And so I'm like, that is so true. I had never even thought, that didn't even occur to me that they might go look at all my content. Yes, I think it's easier for you because your last name isn't attached to it, but I'm stupid and I put my whole last fucking name on my channel. Yeah, people wouldn't know, unless somebody's already watching me before they, and then they found, happened to find me on the dating app. Like, yeah. That's true. Okay, so here's what I think I, this is my most likely what my approach will be. Mm -hmm. 
is that I would not say anything until we were actually meeting and I felt like we were vibing and it came up because they're going to ask, what do you do? Yeah. I really don't want to lie. I know I could say something like I'm a video editor or something because then I, that's yeah. not a lie, but it's also like if it's they ask true, any other though. questions, it's not true. Yeah. Right. It's a part of my job. So I would probably tell them what I do in person if it comes up on the first date. And then if they asked me if they wanted to know the channel, because that's the natural next question that everybody asks is like oh what's your name so I can look you up I would probably decline to give them the name of my channel yeah I would probably say um I will definitely share that with you if this is gonna like go somewhere, go somewhere or whatever you yeah. know if we're like gonna continue to see each other and we like I feel like we vibe really well like and I you know I want a little bit of trust built up and then just because everything is public, then go off. Go watch as many of my videos as you want because sure. it's public. I think it's also different for me, though, because I'm not in my videos are in are about stories that are separate from me. And yes. your videos are very much about your personal training mm -hmm. and mental health and yeah. your opinions about those things due to your training. Whereas I yeah. am just researching shit and blabbing and telling a story. Yeah. So they can watch as much of me as they want. They're, they're going to get some of my opinions and everything. Mm -hmm. But yeah. honestly, I worry more about telling a potential date about my Crohn's disease than I do mm, about. That's fair. Than about youtube honestly because yeah. that that does that probably scares me more than any anything just because it's like i don't think people understand what that i mean yeah i have inherent health issues that i'm gonna deal with the rest of my life mm -hmm. yeah. and like yeah you're you might have to take me to the hospital sometimes are you okay with that yeah, yeah that's a <laughs> tough conversation to have on a first date I yeah think. it's also like a vulnerable yeah. disclosure you know yes i don't know if i would tell them no but i wouldn't wait too long to tell them either valid again if it was that. somebody who i knew had crohn's while we were talking i would probably say it because mm -hmm. they also had it yeah but i probably wouldn't wait more than the second or third date if i liked them because yeah. i again wouldn't want to like get feelings for them and have that be an issue for them yeah you know, I think that's respectful. And it's hard because it's an invisible illness. Mm -hmm. Nobody can tell that I have it yeah. by looking at me. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, that complicates things. Yeah. So I, I guess, sorry, that answers your question, but it doesn't help you at all. No. Because... <laughs> Which is okay. That does not help you at all because your last name is on it and we just have such different content yes. that I think for me it's a little easier to go about that. Yeah. About that than it is for you. I think the balance so. that I found is in disclosing, like when people ask like, oh, what do you do? Because I don't put my job on dating apps either. I learned that lesson the hard way that if you not advertise even that you're a therapist, that people, at least oh. I don't think I do. I hope I don't. I, don't know. I thought I removed it, but I might not have. When you advertise that you're a therapist, the DMs about like, oh, haha, free therapy. And like people really do do this to you about like, oh, I've been looking for a therapist. Ha ha ha. I didn't expect to find one on a dating app. Like immediately. No, immediately. Fucking Ew. no. It's not a funny joke. And also it's a red flag. That's not funny at all. Because I have yeah. had people for real try to use me for free therapy. And then when I decline or like set boundaries around that, that they get angry and then they get mean about it. And you're uh, like, you do need therapy. Yes. But a professional I can't one, help you with it. But me. yes. But yeah. So I've learned my lesson about disclosing that I'm a therapist, at least until I meet someone in person. And then when they ask the question, the in between that I found is being like, oh, yeah, so I'm a therapist and, you know, I like help people with like mental health, and whatever. And I also make like content about like advocacy and education and stuff. And then I just like 
keep moving. Just keep, keep it moving. We're just, what do you do? Blow right by it. <laughs> and then usually go. the way that someone reacts to that question has become kind of an interesting litmus test too because if somebody latches onto the words content creation, it's like, oh, what kind of content do you make? What does that look like? Can I look at your channel? Then I'm like, yeah. no, we're done. Like, that's fine. I'm just going to kindly text you after this date and be like, thanks so much. Not a fit. But if someone is just like chill about it, then I'm like, okay, yeah, this might this yeah. might be okay. So that's, right. And I get really mixed. I get that same reaction from people that like, again, I don't volunteer the information. It's literally always, it comes up naturally or somebody asks me what yes. I do and I backed it to a quarter I can't lie about it mm-hmm. right and I get that mi- very mixed reaction just like that it's either like people think that's really cool and then I'm embarrassed because I'm I like, I'm, like they act like you're a celebrity yes. or the opposite where people are totally like oh cool and then they usually want to know how much money you make oh my God. <laughs> I know that question is super fucking annoying and I'm like well how much money do you make? <laughs> Just ask them also, back. Like, I don't know. I wish that it worked like that. I wish that my AdSense yeah. check was a static amount every month. Because like, I don't know. It'll be a mystery to us all until know. the money gets deposited. <laughs> Stay tuned to find out, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Completely. Mm-hmm. So. All right. I yeah. think we should probably wrap it up. We've been chit-chatting all for right, a hot Annie. minute. This was fun, though. I know. Can I tell people if they have other questions for, I mean... Hey, okay, this is everybody's assignment for the comments. (laughs) If they have, (laughs) I'm giving people homework. Um, If anybody has advice for me on how to get over the hurdle of anxiety I have about going on a date after not dating for so long, Mm -hmm. I'm very terrified of that. If anybody has any, I don't really have social anxiety, but I have massive normal, normal, typical anxiety, like non-social anxiety. anxiety, And so, yeah, general, I'm so scared to go on a date for the first time. So please, if anybody has any advice in the comments, and then I was just going to say for Mickey, um, if people, can I tell them if they have more questions, they should leave it and we can read it off. We can like start the next episode with any other oh cool any other questions about polyamory or anything that you guys have yeah or just Um, like questions that you guys have for us generally honestly i would love to start each or that too yes or male moment yes oh that would be fun (laughs) yeah i'm into that or yeah anything about um our dating in general Mm -hmm. or yeah whatever Mm -hmm. you guys want to do love that okay cool leave us comments and also uh if you're new here hi thanks for coming don't forget to subscribe to our channel um and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to and also give us five star reviews if you like the podcast because it does very much help us so thanks in advance please we're asking all cute and nice so if you wanted to leave us a review on apple or spotify We sure would love that. We sure would. Okay. All right. All right. Let's wrap her up. Thanks, Thanks everybody. Guys for coming. Mm-hmm. We will see you all next week. See you next week. And goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.